Hello, beautiful people. It is Feel Good Friday, March 11th, 2022. And this sports show begins right now. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today and every other day. This week has been fantastic. And in the offseason, a trade a day keeps the dead air away. First it was Russell, then it was Carson. Yesterday, Khalil Mack gets his ass shipped out of Chicago. Fuck them. We don't need them. Nope. Nope. Get out. To the Los Angeles Chargers, Tom Telesco making some moves with that team. We had Brandon Staley on the show just last week. He talked about how dope his team is. You got Keenan, Mike Will, Herbert, Eckler, Lindsey on the offensive line, and a good young tackle that they drafted on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you got Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, and they're allegedly heavy into the J.C. Jackson conversations. Mm -hmm. You have good specialists now. There's no reason that team shouldn't go on a run. (laughs) Obviously, they're competing for L.A. against the Rams, and in that division, it is tough. Damn. I'm excited to see what the Chargers do. I like whenever a team decides to go all in. Now, in return for Khalil Mack, the Chicago Bears... Bag of balls. Bite the ball. They got a second and a sixth. Wow. And I believe they're paying, too. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. I think they're actually paying for him. They got dead cap of like $23 million. Mm. So they, they are taking a $23 million hit, but they're getting a second and a sixth. And thank God the Bears get Khalil Mack out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fucking want this guy Can't here. Can't have him in there. Uh, Chargers are ecstatic, I'd assume, as is Khalil Mack. And maybe this was a conversation behind closed doors. New coach, new GM. We're kind of rebuilding this thing. You're on your third team already. You're our second team already. You're kind of old. You need to go somewhere that wants to win right now and is trying to win. Maybe that's what took place. I would hope that's how business operated. But as a Chicago Bears fan, you got to be incredibly confused about what the fuck is going on. (laughs) It seems like we lost a little bit. Now, if Khalil Mack was available for trade Hmm. and Russell Wilson was available for trade and the Colts have like $70 million in cap space. a lot. I'm sure I'm not the only person that is representing a team's fan base that goes, what the fuck? I didn't know Khalil Mack was available for absolutely nothing. And the Bears are helping pay the entire salary. Why were we not in on that? I think there's going to be a lot of people asking those questions. Let's assume another trade happens today. Because every team has to be set by next week. Mm -hmm. The salary cap is what it is. It's up $3 million from what they actually projected and expected before this thing got set. So teams are going to be making a lot of moves. Veterans are going to continue to get released that it's going to surprise us. Tampering period begins Monday. There should be a lot of action there. And let's assume today some shit goes down either during the show or after the show, like Khalil Mack's trade to the Los Angeles Chargers. We're very thankful that you're here watching. Go ahead and call us on the 5 Hour Energy phone line, 1-833-4-McAfee. Make them good. Come on. Yeah, bring, it. bring the juice. It's a Feel Good Friday. Speaking of feeling good, we got Eddie Olchek. Oh, hell yeah. Old Eddie O. Man who's uh, in the NHL for 16 years, Stanley Cup champion, and everybody sees him on NBC when he's talking ponies. Yeah, that's right. Guy loves gambling. He was also, I believe, stage four colon cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was supposed to be dead. Yeah. Fought through it, came all the way back, all the way into writing a book, an inspirational novel. I love every time I get to chat with him. And I got a chance to meet his kid who was playing for the... uh, 
the indie hockey team. Oh, yeah. The fuel. The fuel. And he autographed a stick for me that I fucking clap balled yeah. with. All day. Mm-hmm. I Hell love the yeah. old chick family. Bucky Brooks will join us in the second hour. Uh, he's obviously of the NFL Network fame. What's going on with these young guys? What he took away from the combine mm-hmm. last week? What he thinks teams are maybe thinking about some of these players? I see the internet turning. And we said this was going to happen because, remember, there's no quarterbacks in this draft class that are worth a fuck. That's right. That's what everybody was saying. Well, until a team gets desperate or two teams get mm-hmm. desperate, Malik Willis's stock is yodely, oh, yeah. yodely, yodely, yodely. Yeah. I saw Dan Orlovsky said, this guy's six foot four, guaranteed top five pick. Well, Dan, that's fucking convenient. Hmm. Hey, you know, that was very, that's an interesting thing. Hey, if this guy was seven inches taller and ran a, I don't know, much faster 40, mm-hmm. this guy would be a top two pick. I think what Dan was saying is that people are maybe worried about he comes from a small school and he's not as tall as other quarterbacks that have had success. So valid. When Dan speaks, I will listen. But that probably is a benefit to him in some particular fashion, not being 6'4", probably how he can move or anything else like that coming from a small school gonna have a big chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. whatever the case i'm excited to watch how these teams get pieced together colts don't have a fuck quarterback that's right i don't know how that's gonna pan out really pumped <laughs> to see what happens mm-hmm. there the boys are here at the talks table ty schmidt you got aaron Rodgers back going into a beautiful weekend how you feeling yeah i feel absolutely incredible khalil max gone bears are dead now too now oh, we're, we're almost no, just waiting no, on no, no, maybe no. kirk cousins gets traded Ooh. and shit Rodgers can play left-handed this year that division, so <laughs> We'll see. I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Shregs, by the way, said he doesn't see Kirk moving mm, on because right. a massive part of Kevin O'Connell's hiring process was how his relationship would be with Kirk, and allegedly they were together before or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the thought that Kirk Cousins is maybe on the move is one of maybe the internet started, and maybe was, uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings fans were hoping for right. because he is forty-five million dollars against the cap guaranteed next year because the deal he negotiated like a motherfucking G. Yeah. By the way, he did that whole thing. And now with the Colts sitting here with all the salary cap, listen, if the Vikings want to pay for half of that, mm. we'll pay for the other half. Let's go, Kirk. Come on, get them on over here. Rich Eisen was reporting that Derek Carr's may be coming to the Colts. <laughs> but if you're in the NFC North and you're a Packers fan more specifically, not that you guys haven't just reigned supreme for a long time mm-hmm. there, but God damn, that division is looking hilarious. I wonder what's going to happen with Deuce, 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 Deuce. They might be the second best Seriously. team in the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 and 7, a playoff win. Got it. <laughs> Probably this playoff loss, but play, 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 playoff uh, birth. Hey, playoff birth. Playoff win. 10 and 7 in a playoff birth. There win. we go. Hey, just like it's your birthday. We'll have a whole, oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Detroit Lions playoff birthday. Oh, oh, oh man, that could be you. That could be us. Deuce, 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 Deuce. Good question, though. Does Cleo Mack get traded if Aaron leaves? Probably not. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah they're restarting. Yeah. Ryan Poles. That cap hit. They're too. restarting. Yeah. If Aaron leaves, that division's wide open, though. You can win that thing. I would assume big Poles. Mm-hmm. Big Poles? So you guys got faith in, right? Uh, yes, that was that was Pace's team. Now it's Poles' team. Well, the, the thing, Poles' team is going to deal with a $23 million cap hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but next year with over $120 million for... Uh, Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> is that just projected 10% rise in the salary cap? No, that's with uh, his contract out. Oh, what? Do I have 10 players? Next year, he's getting paid $110 million? That's the there best contract of all time. Are slated to have approximately... The Bears are slated to have 121. Oh, okay. That wasn't his. Jeez. No, no, no. no. All together. Jeez, yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah no. my bad. Yeah. Next year. So, yeah. big polls just has to get through this year. Ibra yeah. Flus, they might even be... 
they might not be worried about shit this year. Yeah. Trying to win, trying to compete. You get 120 mil and show some promise to free agents. Like, hey, we got a guy in Justin Fields. With City of Chicago is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I tell it? What is that? Gold Coast? Yeah, Gold Coast is very nice. That's beautiful. I saw it for the first time last uh, summer, right? That was my yeah. first yeah. time up there. Gorgeous. That lake was packed. Mm-hmm. DJs, there's a beachfront oh, yeah. yeah. stadium. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Did they steal that from Australia? Or? Well, I believe. It's when the sun hits the beautiful buildings. Yeah, no, but. No, was... way. Australia is called like the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast. Yeah. <laughs> but when the sun, sun hits, hits Chicago, they call it Golden Coast. It was beautiful, but maybe that is all they're trying to do. Hey, we just got to become a, an attractive place for free agents because we'll have $121 million. Eberflus, everybody talks about how great he is. Yep. I'm excited to see what you guys do. But next year, yeah, it feels like the, you said the package could play left-handed. It feels almost valid. At Boston Connor, since 2010, pal, mm-hmm. there is a stat about who has the most wins in the NFL. That's right. And you guys... Uh-huh. Believe it or not, what just so happened to be at the top of the tower. This is via Sunday Night Football on NBC, which will have Mike Tarico and Collinsworth calling next year. Is that what it is? I think Most so. likely, yeah. Because I was out. Right. I was gone. Most wins in the NFL since 2000. The Patriots, 254 wins. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers have... 226. Packers have 223. Colts with a nice 217. Wow. Hey. Top of the table. Those are the top four. This room. <laughs> hey, look at us, boys. This cheers room. Us. Hey, boys. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, cheers. Hey, that's why we love cheers. the NFL so much. That's right. That's right. That's probably why we like it so much. Put that thing back up here. Oh, 10 and 7 in the playoff berth, baby. Oh, no. Not last. Oh, we're going to win. We're going to win the 10% of the amount of games we've won in the last 12 years <laughs> next season. Yeah. I don't think so, pal. I'm just happy we're not last. That just shows the Browns. Because the Lions are the worst franchise in all of sports. The Browns do stink. No, they're the worst. The Red Wings are creeping up there. Oh, watch your mind. Are you kidding me? You guys deserve to be sent out of the NHL <laughs> forever for what happened last night. You hear me? I asked Nick, that has to be one of the worst goals in hockey history. Of all time. Yeah, yeah. Way aren't good enough, so like it, does, it didn't matter enough for that to be the we're worst We're trying. Goal. We were trying to make it matter. Mm-hmm. Believe me, we we're all spot on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Everybody look. Holy for those shit. that don't know, uh, the Detroit Red Wings oh. are a team that is somehow still in the NHL. Yeah. They are a garbage franchise. (laughs) They once were great. They have become completely terrible. They have these, you know, old fans that talk about the glory days whenever there was literally six teams in the entire thing. Mm -hmm. They're playing against just five other teams, and nobody even knew the sport existed at the time. remember when Mr. Hockey carried us to the cup final, Gordy Hockey. We won 11 of them. It was like you were playing against your friends in the neighborhood. (laughs) Okay, the National Hockey League has obviously since grown, and the sport has developed mightily, and the Red Wings haven't been worth a fuck since. Literally, since actual, they started putting like glass on uh, helmets, whatever that is. Glass visors. Killed them. Yeah, they have no. not existed. Leather Thanks. helmets is when yeah. the Detroit, re- no helmets and leather helmets are the only time that this team mattered. They used to throw octopi oh. or extraterrestrial of the sea Beautiful onto the creatures. ice in a terrible, terrible no, death great because they get so excited that somebody scored three goals because nobody ain't ever no. scored three fucking goals for ever. that team. The only reason why they're still <laughs> in the NHL is because they're one of the original. Because six. they're hockey mm-hmm. town. 
What? You're not hockey. And that's town. why you're going on this rant because everyone wants to be hockey town. There's only one. Hockey town. Troy. Bank Michigan. Uh huh. Right. Your town went up for sale, and uh-huh. you know who bought it? The fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> you guys hey, hockey. Literally. Your team was for sale. Well, oh, and we whoa. kept it around. <laughs> Family Sports Group has turned it around. Hey, you guys Cash put. Flow. You, no, no, no. You guys put right. Detroit Red Wings up for sale. There'd be seven cities that would buy it, and the NHL would be on their hands and knees thanking the shit. <laughs> No, the problem with the NHL right now is that Hockey Town isn't good. The Red Wings aren't good. Once the Red Wings are back, people will actually give a shit about hockey. Anyways, they won't because the Red Wings will never get good again. And last night was even more evidence of it. Puck is launched in, dumped in. Okay, just killed time. How you doing? Goalie, one of the most egregious moves I've seen in some time, deciding to take a forehand bat (laughs) with this thing. Like, sometimes they settle it and then they'll shoot it. He had Mm -hmm. nobody around him. Could have done it or pass it. Could have done any of it. Stop it like soft hands like a fucking egg. This dude tried to bat this thing like he was in high school. Goes off the heel of the stick through five hole <laughs> through his legs into the net goal for the other team who I didn't even know who they are playing because not a single one of their players was in the fucking shot. Yeah. Uh-huh. I still don't. You're disgusting. And it was going wide. Shootout. It wasn't even a shot no. on net. No. It was, it was a one-timer by this guy. What's good? Our goaltending is a problem. Ten goal game, nine goal game, and then own goal for the goal. Who was it? Hostick oh, or Hostick? Your team blows, dude. <laughs> yeah, we need Hostick back. That's the problem. Uh, Dominic ain't going to play for that team. You guys are an embarrassment. Yeah. But anyways, get them out of the fucking league. Now, no. If you want us to take the NHL serious, you get teams that can do that out of the league. That's Just right. like the MLB. I know they're negotiating a new deal. They got that done. They're back. Congrats. Hey, hey, you Whenever there was a, a, a triple by a guy... For the Pittsburgh Pirates, that was just a routine fly ball, and he ended up getting a triple with four overthrows yep. and uh, a pickle situation where he actually beat oh. the tag. Mm-hmm. They should have immediately said, you know what? This is now a triple A team. Yeah, get you're, rid of them. You're out of the league. That's what they should do to the Red Wings after last night. But with that being said, the Browns stink the last two years. That's why there's so much hope and promise for what their team could have been. OBJ's out. They still got Baker. The pa- uh, Patriots, though, top of the table. Any worry about kind of quiet offseason here for the Patriots, only losing people? They haven't really been in conversations for anybody. What, Amari Cooper, I guess. Yeah, kind of. I think he's been in conversation probably everywhere. It's just going to be a laid-back, chill, hey, we're getting rid of uh, fucking everybody offseason for the Patriots or what? Yeah, this feels much more like uh, an offseason of the past when like Brady was quarterback. You know, we don't, we're not very active. Like when the draft comes around, I expect probably to trade back out of the first round like we did so many times before. But – like you just said, since 2000 or 2010, whenever it was, the most wins. Yeah, sorry. That, that's the thing with Belichick. It's like we, we, you never really have to worry at all because of the fact that Bill Belichick is still the head coach. He's still the GM. He's going to do and fill the spots for whatever we need. And right now, obviously, like all the fans, myself especially, want like the Amari Cooper stud wide receiver. That's who we so should get. But, like, what do we, yeah. we, what, but, you know, he costs money. I mean, it's the same thing with J.C. Jackson. He's not going to mortgage. He's not going to give away, you know, 20 million of the cap for one guy. He'll get like five dudes that will rotate in on the defensive line that'll help us, you know, and maybe stop. he did stop. that for Rivas, though. I yeah. mean, it's what he paid for Rivas. So True. I guess he's done in the past. It has worked. But Bill Belichick and all these guys that have these jobs obviously have their own vision, their own plan. The Russell Wilson trade to Denver, allegedly the Colts weren't even in. Yeah, which is why. Interesting. That, that is absurd. And Khalil Mack, too. It's oh, like yeah. it was so much money. Well, I'm not saying that Ross and Sierra would have been like, yeah, get us to Indianapolis. But there had to be some sort of. 
you know, can you not sell a little bit? Isn't that like a thing you have to do probably? Like, hey, look at this team. Yeah. Here's sure. a house. What? Sierra will be the biggest star in town. No problem sure. at all. I mean, it's her world. Yeah. Well, and then you deck. look what they gave up. It's like, hey, you know, they didn't have a first-round pick this year, but you got next year. You got the year after that. Like they, you got a two. Exactly. You got a couple good guys three. or players that would probably be worth trading to get a guy like Russell Wilson. Like, at least entering your hat in the – in the race to try to get him. You'd and maybe he were, was. We don't yeah, know. Maybe they maybe, were. But maybe, this is just maybe. like with the Matthew Stafford situation where, you know, the Rams just came in, won over the top, got their guy, won a fucking Super Bowl, and he was already zillowing in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, Derek Carr is probably mm-hmm. not going to get traded, but Rich Eisen saying that the Colts are going all in. Kirk Cousins, who's probably not going to get traded, but the Internet's saying he want, they want him traded out of there. You know, Jimmy G, where the Niners, uh-huh. Schrager told us, can just take their time, let everybody kind of just figure out who their quarterback's going to be. We'll just chill out there. There's going to be a lot of teams still in the hunt here. Deshaun Watson's thing's supposed to start today. Does anybody know what time that is? No, not I sure. We, no. Were, we were looking online. We couldn't okay. find the time. But he's going to get indicted. I mean, this is – I mean – yeah, I think we have a ways to go. Literally, the yeah. the NFL is acting as if this thing is ending today, which maybe it will, by the way. And I think that is the dream scenario for Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson supporters, and also Deshaun Watson this entire time saying, "I'm innocent. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm innocent. I'm not. I don't want a gag order if we do a." Um, if we do a settlement, I would like to be able to speak about it. I don't want there to be any of that. I guess that was something that happened. Mm-hmm. So Deshaun has proclaimed his innocence heavily for a long time. So maybe you'll have so much evidence today that the grand jury won't indict him. But from the tweet that Tone Diggs yeah. found on the internet yesterday, a lot of lawyers out there saying, hey, if it gets to a grand jury, they'd indict a ham sandwich if they could. <laughs> because the big question is, did the ham sandwich do something? We all we'll know. We'll find out. Let's, let's go to trial and figure it out. He's got like eight of his accusers are testifying. Yeah. Like four other people. And there's just going to, it just seems like in the legality world, they're going to say, ah, we should probably find out more here. Not today, but at some point. So is he on the block still? Who knows? Tone digs. It's a wild time in the NFL. Pop. Yeah. Um, it's also a wild time because there's rumors going around at the, Steelers might be interested in Deshaun Watson and what will today have him. They're not the only one. There's, I assume there's a lot of teams with eyes on the grand jury today to see what will happen because if, if, if for some reason he doesn't get indicted or whatever, there's going to be some people who are interested yeah. in his services. Carolina yep. is yeah. going to – Carolina is allegedly just going to go ahead and just uh, whatever – hey, you want Christian McCaffrey, you got it. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, and I guess Russell Wilson is – you know, that trade – He's probably what other teams will tell Houston, like, hey, look what Russ already went for. That'll kind of set the bar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, what, two ones, two twos, a fifth, and three players. Yes. Right. And it was Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, yep. and Drew Locke. Drew Locke. So backup quarterback who's potentially your starter, a staple of the D-line, I guess, and a leader. And then you got Noah Fan, who cannot be happy that he no. got oh, traded. No, 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 no. He was a first round, yeah, so. he was a first round pick a couple years ago. But that kind of sets the market right there, right? For Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. you'd assume. And who knows if he, they know that they got leverage if this thing gets uh, thrown out of court. What that that's what today would mean, right? Just get thrown yeah, out. This so. is not going to trial. Yeah. yeah. Just a civil case so they could either settle it with But the civil the- case also becomes pretty difficult to prove if the um law Mm-hmm. No, says, says no. Civil yeah. law, yeah. If the law one gets thrown out, the civil one is probably looking good for Deshaun Watson as well, yeah. right? Because uh-huh. normally it's civil then law. Yes, right. Isn't mm-hmm. that how it normally I goes? So, yeah. 
the civil, yeah, normally it's like a civil suit that happens. I don't know about normally, but in situations that I've seen on Dateline, sure. there is civil suits that happen that the law, the prosecuting attorneys actually sit in and watch the civil suits, and then they decide whether or not they want to press charges for the law side of the entire thing. Yeah. Now, who knows if somebody loses a lawsuit, they then go into a civil suit, I believe, afterwards. Maybe that is what this might end up at. But if it gets thrown out of the law court, I believe the NFL will be like, all right. Yeah. Here we go. People might be pissed, but you didn't break any laws. Right. They'll figure that whole civil thing out going forward. That might happen today. Two questions for you. That first one being that there are reports that no matter if if the the law side of it gets thrown out, that there still will be a suspension because players What's that, what's that been, called? It's not just criminal. It's a criminal. criminal. Yeah, there you go. If the criminal side gets thrown out Fuck. or whatever, there will still be a suspension, so that'll come into play or whatever. Um, but for Houston, is your only leverage like because why would they get what russ got if everyone knows that he's never playing in houston again is the leverage just other teams bidding for him yeah because no we don't know that right i mean love you said whether deshaun's playing for us or somebody else Mm -hmm. and they i guess they've been open and saying hey dougie davis mills is our starter Mm -hmm. and everything like that and a lot of people have come out with narratives he's never playing in houston again that might have been deshaun's people pushing that houston could just sit on that thing they paid him last year i assume they're like yeah we are okay not giving him up he is a valuable player on the field very valuable Very good at the football. Unbelievable at the football. And if the off-the-field stuff just gets wiped away and it didn't happen, and by the way, if that's the case, I hope everybody that was, you know, proclaiming him as a terrible person also comes out on the other side and says, hey, maybe he wasn't the bad person in this entire situation. He got killed in this whole thing. We want justice to be served, however Correct. it all went down. But he is proclaiming his innocence heavily. He's very good at football, and Houston knows that. The Houston yeah. Texans aren't going to give him up for anything less. No. The Houston Texans will rather pay him for another year of him not playing and not showing up than trade him away for something that isn't a good deal, especially when they're trying to build a whole new pra- uh, program down there. Casario ain't no fool. No, Jack Easterby's been praying on this. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the last time he played, he was top five in like every quarterback category. But you know, you for the Colts, you kind of hope that he is available just because if you know he's not playing next year and this. You, criminal case you know keeps going forward then the panthers are going to go all in for jimmy g and that's just another quarterback off the list for indianapolis so you're kind of or at least (laughs) from my perspective from where i'm sitting on this side of the table the colts need deshaun watson strictly so jimmy g doesn't go to carolina and they still have a shot at him jimmy g huh the savior i got a lot of people tweet me carson wentz stats I'm done with it. Watch the fucking film. All right? Mm-hmm. What's Mitt say? You guys watch highlights. <laughs> I watch the film. Do that on Carson. All you people that are just out here grandstanding. And believe it or not, the sta- I know this is a rarity. I know this is not normal. The stats don't tell the whole story. They that's don't. right. That's weird, right? Mm-hmm. It's that's, crazy. That's very crazy yeah, because... It is. Normally, just stat throws out, and it's the finisher for all sides of all arguments. That's right. Listen to this stat. Bang. It's like, whoa, man, that must. The stats don't tell the story with Carson Wentz experience that we had here in Indianapolis. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. So maybe Jimmy G coming here and, you know, he didn't have to be the guy that won them games in San Francisco. He just had to make sure they won 
games in San Francisco. I would love for him to be the same exact motherfucking guy right here in Indianapolis. But by the way, we're not the only team that's saying that. The Saints, I guess, are interested in mm-hmm. him. The Steelers are mm-hmm. interested in Jimmy G, allegedly. Let's assume Carolina's interested. Mm-hmm. Man, it's a good time to be a quarterback that you know, can take snaps in the NFL. Maybe <laughs> the uh, Colts weren't in on uh, Russ because Seattle wanted Drew Locke instead of Carson Wentz. Now, he's cheaper. Yeah. Yep. Carson's Carson Wentz's cap hit is $3 million more next year than Justin Herbert and Khalil Mack combined. Oh. Absurd. Think about that. And Peter Schrager's talking about how the Colts got such a good deal because the commanders are paying the entire uh, salary of uh, Carson Wentz. And that number came from Robert May. Is that a baby Bob? Hey, Thank, you, me. Bob. Baby Bob. Thank you, Bob. But that is just, that's the Carson Wentz. That negotiated deal that he got is incredible. Well done by him and his agent and his representatives and all that. I mean, good for him. But this is just like the Matt Ryan situation. Somebody put a picture of uh, Matt Ryan with a Colts jersey on and said, oh, maybe you guys get Matt Ryan. It's like, I think we'd only owe him like $75 next year or something. Yeah, that's it. That's it from his deal. Get him up. Fucking bring him on in, dude. Is Jimmy G the only guy you think that, out of who is remaining, that is like a, a clear upgrade, and you feel like if well, the, we if, don't know if it's clear. Upgrade. Well, I'm just saying in terms of like you think if you get Jimmy G, he's the guy that can take you to the Super Bowl next year. Is he the only guy on that list? Uh, please put up the last chance cues. I don't know if we have it updated or not. I think Carson's still on there, and there's so we have a good free agent bra- uh, mm-hmm. graphic as well. You know, and this oh. this is sad state of affairs. Very. I understand. Um, all these players are great football players. All these guys play in your backyard football game, they're fucking better than sure, you at every yeah. single position. Okay? And although some of them might look slow on an NFL field, they could probably ball hawk on your game and dominate all of you. All of these dudes would have been the best player on your high school football team. All of these dudes, incredibly good at football. With that being said, I saw Gardner Minshew in a Colts jersey. I thought, all right, let's yeah, go. Now we Give go. Give me Gardner. A little Minshew mania out here. Uh, uh-huh. Huh? Exciting. Huh? It'll be exciting. What is it, March 11th? Mm-hmm. March 11th, 2022, and I'm thinking, yeah. hey, maybe Minshew mania. Get the goddamn jorts, bring the bandana, have him hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor 30 times a game. Easy. Be hard, oh, my God. I, him and Flint. They love oh, Indiana. Yeah, they crush it. His dad in that leather jacket yeah. with the uh-huh. jeans. Mm-hmm. Gardner coming out. Yeah. Come Getting on. Jacked. That's the type of leader we need. Well, and that's the problem with Indy because, like, Seattle, they can go with Drew Locke and maybe they have a terrible season. And then, you know, everyone's talking about the quarterback draft next year. Yeah. They'll get someone good. Indy has too many good players aside from the quarterback where they're going to win. I don't know, at least seven games because of how stacked they are on defense and with Jonathan Taylor and with Pittman. Like, if they get a quarterback, then maybe they get over the hump. But if they don't and they just go nine and eight again or eight and nine and they're just middle of the pack again and then next year they have a decent draft pick but it's not good enough to get a good QB. Like, this this could easily be a pretty tough couple years with the Colts. a couple teams there. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. But, but, Steelers, too. Yeah, Steelers have a great roster, right? Yeah. Still, mm-hmm. on the yeah. defense side of the ball, you guys got all pros and Hall of Famers around there. Yeah, and we got some cap space, maybe fill in that old line. So, yeah, it's a similar situation where um feels like if, if you don't get the right guy, you're going to be 8-8. Eight and eight, can we, eight can and we talk about – yeah, you're right in the middle of the pack yeah. there. Can we talk about, like, the Chargers making plays? Mm-hmm. They were almost up for – allegedly almost up for sale yeah. a couple yeah. of months ago because – of a family dispute and not having enough money. And Tom Telesco has always been very 
you know, I don't want to say conservative, but he comes up in the Bill Polian ranks. He's been around a lot of incredible. He's the one who brought, got me to be drafted to the Indianapolis Colts, so I appreciate him. But him making a play, trading away some picks whenever I know how much they covet picks and to get Khalil Mack in there and almost saying like, all right, let's try to at least move these chips in a little bit. Maybe it's because the Rams won the Super Bowl or maybe it's because they see Russ, they see Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. they see the Raiders bringing in there and they just understand that they're going to have to if they want to be anywhere near worth a fuck in that division in which they got six games at least each season. And to what you've always said, I think they realize how good Herbert is. It's like, hey, we're going to have to give it. Yeah. When this guy is up and we have to give him an extension, he's going to be making like $75 million a year. <laughs> so we need to fucking spend as much money and kind of go all in right now while he, I think he's what? like His cap hit is like 29th in the NFL. Like You have, you have to cash in on that with how good he is. Justin Herbert could just uh, take all of his Chargers pictures off the internet too he could oh, yeah. he could pretty simple he could <laughs> did kyler murray get that deal i saw him put his photos back up what's going on they just uh, have yeah. an agreement in place no, like no he wants to get paid before the draft though that did come out he wants to have a long-term extension done before the draft comes around and if he chooses to do so yeah that's right, right. he can really hold him hostage forever oh yeah mm-hmm. hey maybe Coles get kyler murray he decided to quit throwing his temper tantrum when he came out of his room. Tony, he blew off some steam with FaZe That's good business, dude. If he was able to get like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars two years before his rookie contract is up, I would have been very impressed by the business move. Sure. With that being said, Eric Burkhart, Burkhart spelled the word chooses wrong. <laughs> and that was very difficult for me to get past. Yeah, that's right. I wanted to talk about how real it was and how much they do need Kyler Murray and how important he is to that team and how much better they are since getting him. But all I could focus on was, wow, you guys are putting them on blast in public and you're spelling words wrong. Can't have. Can't have. Yeah. <laughs> the last paragraph. But he's back. He's back. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury's back. Yeah. Himes back. The Cardinals might be on a damn run, but that means nothing for the Indianapolis Colts. Let's pivot away from the great NFL. And let's chat about a sport in a league that's happening right now. Oh, yeah. Last night, we saw the most embarrassing play to ever happen to an NHL team that deserves to be in the AHL. Maybe put him down there in the junior B's or the junior A's. The Detroit Red Wings goalie doing a forehand bat from a no angle corner, basically, (laughs) through his five hole into the net was certainly electrifying, but the hockey world is heating up. Playoffs are around the corner, and joining us is not only a Stanley Cup champion, not only a vet, a coach, and an absolute stud of a man, but also somebody might be able to give us a little information on the uh, Tampa Derby. Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Eddie Ochan. What's going on, man? Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, it's great seeing you. We miss you over here. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, was a little under the weather there for a couple of months. Uh, I missed a bunch of assignments uh, here in Chicago because I do the local games here in Chicago uh, for the Blackhawks on TV and, then of course, the uh, the national gig on TNT. So I'm feeling better. It's the best I've felt in uh in three months, so uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, getting back into a normal schedule. So, hey, let's go! Yeah. You think it was COVID? Do you think it was? Uh, what do you think it was? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I've asked. Uh, I've asked plenty of questions. Uh, <laughs> I, I got. I got sick, uh, and it's and it's not obviously. Anytime I get sick or under the weather, Pat, uh, you know, it takes yes. me back to four years ago when I battled my, you know, my colon cancer, but. Uh, you know, no, uh, no connection whatsoever. I, I think, I mean, I did get COVID and then uh, probably I wasn't feeling great 
around Thanksgiving. And then right after Christmas, I got sick. And then probably a month after that, uh, quite honestly, I woke up and I couldn't walk. What? Uh, I was having dizzy spells. I, I could not make it from one room to the other. And uh, my youngest son rushed me to the hospital and uh, they told me that I was having a, a, you know, a cardiovascular issue. And I'm like, you know what? I mean, I've never, you know, had a physical a couple of months ago and, and nobody's ever told my told me I had a problem with my heart. And next thing you know, I'm going into uh, atrial fibrillation where the heart just going a you know, thousand miles an hour with me just sitting there. And so it's kind of been of a uh, an attention getter. And, and quite frankly, I've had enough attention getters over the course of the last five <laughs> years medically in my life. But um, everything's you know under control. I'm on medication I am prone to blood clots because of my cancer, so I am on a, you know, a, a blood thinner now to make sure that, you know, obviously they're worried about a stroke, but I think we've got the heart conditioner. A lot of people that have, it's called AFib, a lot of people have AFib and they deal with it, so I'm on a heart medication as well, so it's been, uh, it's been a tough go, but uh, we're just going day to day, and, and, uh, and all I say is uh, I'm on the right side of the sod, so that's a good thing. Hey, yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> Hey, sorry you have to battle through all this, but man, you're obviously proving time and time again how mentally tough you are and how tough you are. My friend didn't know he had AFib as well. His Apple Watch actually saved his life. It yeah. like uh, His Apple Watch uh, caught on that his heart was going crazy. He went to the hospital, had immediate surgery, I think, that day. Almost did the whole thing. It's very scary. And uh, by the way, thank you for broadcasting that to people to maybe get that checked, just like you did with colon cancer. And I believe yeah. this month is colon cancer uh, awareness month. So yeah. you're a walking, talking inspiration, <laughs> pal. I want to let you know that, honestly. Uh, look, at, I, I appreciate the opportunity, uh, Pat, and, and, and any time that anybody can, you know, hear my story, uh, that is the goal is to, you know, try to help somebody out there that, you know, maybe they sit there and go, ah, oh, maybe, you know, it's nothing. Uh, you know, maybe you're embarrassed. Maybe you don't want to raise your hand and, and ask for help. And uh, if somebody can hear my story, whether it was my battle through, you know, colon cancer or, now coming off of you know coming off of COVID and, and developing this uh, this heart condition, that maybe somebody says, hey, you know what, I I, I better go get checked out. You know, I, I better ask a question and just get peace of mind because uh, the last time I checked, we only get uh, we only get one opportunity to uh, to be on this earth, and you want to make sure you're taking care of yourself and your family members. So uh, you know, be that olive branch for somebody and encourage them to you know whether it's colon cancer and, and making sure they're getting screened or if somebody. If you know somebody's not feeling well, uh, encourage them. It's it's okay to go see your doctor or ask a question just to get that peace of mind. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And we only get this one time on earth, and I think every yeah. single day. And I think the last time we talked to you, you had this perspective on appreciating every single morning and every single yeah. moment. And now I assume even more so you're getting it, you're getting back into a full-time schedule here with the NHL. You're yeah. feeling healthy. The league's heating up. The Penguins are the best team of all time. <laughs> Going to go on a run. What are your thoughts from watching at home? And how do you think this thing shapes up, Eddie? Well, you know what, Pat? I, I, you kind of broke up there when you said the best team in the NHL. I really didn't hear the team that you were saying there at that particular time. You heard it, Eddie. You know. <laughs> you know what I said. You know what I said. Well, I'll tell you what. They got they got a team coming into the Berg tonight that's uh, that's ailing right now. That's the Vegas Golden Knights who really hit a tough Ooh, time crazy. here. They they lost to Buffalo, and, they're, and uh, they're really having a difficult time. They can't score, and... 
Pittsburgh's probably catching them at a, at a really good time. And look, the Penguins have had a, a, a hell of a season. They have Mike Sullivan certainly will be considered for Coach of the Year in the entire National Hockey League. But look, at there are some. Baby Sully! There are some really, really good teams in the National Hockey League. I mean, we had a game last night between Colorado and Carolina, which was as good as a game. Even though it was low scoring, it was a 2 nothing game. It was, it was uh, tight and it was hard hitting and it just kind of gave you the feel as like, yeah, these two teams uh, are pretty salty and, uh, you know, it, it's it's all about health. Not only hockey health, Pat, as you know, but also staying away from COVID and, you know, things have kind of changed a little bit as far as the testing aspect. So, you know, I don't know if that's as much as a concern as it was maybe three months ago, let alone a year ago. But you got some really good teams out there, and uh, it should be one hell of a last uh, six weeks. And then, as you know, once you get in, matchups become so important, and uh, it should be a lot of fun come uh, the first uh, the first week of May. Do you think the Red Wings will ever be good at hockey again? Well, I think they're on, I think they're on I think they're on the come. No, Eddie, no, the goalie oh, last no. night, Eddie, the goalie. <laughs> With a forehand bat, that guy. Five-hole guy. I mean, they stink. Terrible. Hey, 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 as you know, some, sometimes, sometimes shit happens. <laughs> you're right, you're right. You're right. I've done that. I've had many of those occasions. At the end of the day, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at it. Look at it. Detroit has made some huge strides. They got the right guy running them there in Steve Eiserman. Yeah, you know, they've, they've had a couple of rough games here recently where they give up a nine spot the other day. I think Arizona got nine on them the other night. And, they, you know, they lost, uh, you know, that crazy way last night and against Minnesota, who's a pretty good team and scoring and, and generating a lot of offense. But uh, I, I think Detroit's on the right track. Are they a couple of years away from making the playoffs? That's probably a fair assessment. Uh, yeah, probably a decade or so. Yeah, yeah. just about. You guys are giving up a <laughs> touchdown on the field goal, bro. Next year. Next year. You guys are getting scored on in the wrong no, sport. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You guys are picking up score gummies in the wrong Eddie sport. Eddie said we're back. All right, sorry about it. Hey, we get we get very feisty about our hockey talk over here. That's why we get so excited when you come on the show. This is the stick that your son signed for me, by yeah, the way. Yeah. And I. It's not like I hung it up, by the way. I've been shooting with this thing. I think he would appreciate that. I, I would hope so. Yeah, Tommy, uh, I told Tommy I was going to be on with you, so he, uh, he gave you a tip of the hockey helmet this morning. And uh, he's, a, uh, he's a very busy man right now. He's a full-blown CPA, so this is a wow. you know, real busy time of year. So look at oh. you know, I, I know you got I know you got some fresh paper here recently, so if you're ever looking to make a change, you know, you got a direct line to Tommy Olchek if you need it. Hey, listen, we would bring Tommy O onto the team real quick because our CFO doesn't want to be doing any of that shit anymore. I don't think that is uh, – CPA is not easy. So tell yeah. them congrats, and we appreciate it. I know the testing process is obviously very diligent, and the amount of time you got to put into that is huge. So tell them congrats on that. Go ahead, Nick. Edzo, you mentioned that uh, beatdown of Detroit the other night by Arizona, and one of the greatest American-born players, Phil Kessel, had a little bit of a situation in that game. And I was hoping you could comment on that as also one of the greatest American lads to ever lace him up. Uh, Phil had a child born, so he also had a consecutive game streak, I believe, of 9.56. Yeah. So he played the first shift of the game, went down the ice, got a couple fist bumps from the boys, and then skated off to the locker room, got a private jet back to Arizona to be there for the birth of his child. Do you uh, are, are you okay with that, keeping the streak alive just for that one shift? And I mean, obviously, you're not going to miss the game for the birth of your child, but uh feels like there's some there's a, a lot of people throwing a lot of a lot of different opinions his way. 
Yeah, there, there, there's, there's certainly a, a lot there. Uh, I don't know about, you know, coming out and taking one shift and then, you know, getting a, a, a game credited in that situation. And look, at the end of the day, and we were talking about a little bit earlier, is like, I mean, family and health is, is paramount and is, is the most important thing. But it certainly brought back a lot of memories. Uh, I'm not sure how much time I have, but uh, I'll give you Nothing the but time, that. man. Nothing but okay. time. All right, so, so let, me, let me take you back. And this, this involves Tommy, Pat, so you'll, you'll really appreciate this, okay? So back in November of 1990, on November 9th, 1990, I was a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the night before the game on the 10th, we were playing Chicago in Toronto, uh, my wife, Diana, uh, went into labor. So back then in, in, in 1990, uh, I did not have a cell phone. I mean, the cell phone was probably the size of your shoe, kind of Maxwell Smart-ish type of uh, situation with the cell phones back in 1990. Car cell, like a car phone almost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like this. It's, it's like this. It was like this. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> the gray one, that big gray box. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I call the team from the house phone and I say, look, my wife's going into labor. I call our PR guy, Bob Stelic. I say, Bob, my wife's going into labor. I'm not going to be at the skate around tomorrow morning on November 10th, but I am going to be at the game, 8 o'clock, hockey night in Canada, Hawks and Leafs. I'm going to be there. She's going to have the baby by then, I hope, and I'm going to be at the game. So overnight, you know, my Diana's not cooperating. It gets to about 10.30 in the morning. I call the Maple Leafs again. I said, hey, look, she hasn't had the baby yet, but I'm going to be at the game. Fast forward four hours later, all of a sudden, here comes the doctor. The doctor's putting his catcher's mitt on. You know, everything's going on and the whole nine yards. And uh, and uh, on a scale of one to ten, one being, you know, not cooperating and ten, like, really cooperating. She's probably about a four and a half. Okay. So we're in the delivery room. I got my mask on. I was wearing a mask in 1990, and I'm, we're all wearing masks here the, the last couple of years. Much different situation. All of a sudden... I'm at, the, I'm at the side of the bed with my wife. The doctor's at the foot of the bed, and the, ner- and the nurse hands me a note on an index card, and it says, the Toronto Maple Leafs are on the phone. And it's about 4 o'clock. I tell her, I say, tell them I'm, my Diana's having a baby. I'll be at the game. She leaves. She comes back, and she goes, no, no, Mr. Olchek, they really want to talk to you. So now my wife's on a 4.5 on a out of a 1 to 10 getting ready to have our baby, and I'm like, should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Should I go? So I go, oh, what the hell? I walk out of the room to go take the call. The Maple Leafs are on the phone. They go, hey, you know, it's the Bob Selleck, our PR guy. He goes, hey, how's Diana doing? I go, she's fine, Bob. She's going to have the baby here any second. I'm going to be at the game. He goes, well, call us before you come. I go, I'm not calling you. I'm going to come right to the game. He goes, hold on a second. He hands the phone to the general manager. The general manager gets on the other line and he says, Eddie, verbatim, we hate to do this to you. But it's already out there. We've traded you to the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, my. And I'm like, you got to be bleeping me. I go, like, you know I'm in the, you know, and I'm like, you know I'm in a delivery room. My baby. Uh, my wife's have, we're having a baby, and you got, and, and he just made, he said something. I'm like, oh, man. So I hang up, and I'm, and I'm at a nurse's station. I'm like, what the hell do I do? So I go to a pay phone. I call my dad. I call my agent. And I call the guy I got traded with, Mark Osborne. So I'm only out of the room, the delivery room, for probably maybe three minutes. Honestly, three minutes max. I go back in the delivery room. My wife's uh, my wife's on the table, right? My wife's on the table. <laughs> All right, I've seen this before. I walk, I walk in. She looks at me. The, the doctor's at the foot of the bed with his mask on, looking at me like, where in the hell you been? And I go, 
my 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 wife goes, "Where have you been?" I go, uh, "My aunt's sick." I don't know what to say. I'm like, you know, you just I don't want to drop the news on her. She she's on her back. She looks up at the ceiling, Pat. She looks at me. She looks at the ceiling, and she goes, "Where are we going?" And I go. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Pregnant and psychic. I go, what a combination. Oh, that's so I figured, well, it was a game, right? I figured it was a game. She looks at me. She looks at the ceiling and I go, guess. She goes, Winnipeg. Baby came out. Tell me. Baby. Uh, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. She shut right down. Tommy Olchek was not born for another three and a half hours. <laughs> she went from four and a half to zero. She uh, shut right down. Ah, uh, it's so amazing. When, when I heard when I heard the story about Phil, it it brought me back to that day. So uh, and then sure enough, Tommy Olchek came into this world about eight o'clock that night. And then I left the next day, played my first game with Winnipeg and Chicago, and then flew back home. Brought them home, and then we all moved to Winnipeg a couple of days later. Jeez, yeah. what a moment. I mean, yeah. the PR guy, yeah. Selleck, like, taunt, well, I'm not saying it. Listen, <laughs> yeah. hey, listen I'm going to let the GM say this thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we understand and appreciate your dedication to our team. We understand that you're actually going to sprint from a hospital in which your child's being born to come sacrifice your body for this team because that's the type of guy you are. With that being said... We don't like your contract. We're fucking sending you out of here, dude. <laughs> Go back into the delivery room, pal. What a yeah, wild scene. Look, I'll, I'll tell you what. I ended up going. I ended up going to Winnipeg. I played in Winnipeg two different times. I played there for almost six years of my career. It ended up being an incredible move. Look, at I miss. You know, I was disappointed leaving Toronto because I had some of my best years of my career with the Leafs. But it ended up being a great place going. But I think it really hit me then because I had already been traded time before. I got traded from Chicago, my hometown, to Toronto. But I think that's when it really hit me, Pat, is that nice, nice. Is, is where I really realized after after being in a league six plus years is that it's it's more than just a game. It, it, it is a business, you know, and that's where I think it really it bothered me. And I think that's why maybe I became, you know, probably jaded for a period of time because it was like the, the lack of respect that uh, that they had for, you know, not for me because I could really care less, but for my family and obviously for my wife, right? Yeah, the moment there. And yeah. I think that is why in our league, and I can yeah. only speak from my perspective, you'll see some of the OGs talk to like these young rookies that are just like, yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. And they're like, oh, you're getting fucked right now. Yeah. <laughs> just want to let you know, this is not, no, no, it's uh, good for the team. It's like, nah, this is, the quicker you learn that this is a business, the better you're going to be off. Because once you become the object at the pawn shop, as opposed to the person that's selling or the person buying, once you're the person that's on the counter getting negotiated over, you change your entire perspective about this game you played as a child and loved. I'm happy you got out of that jaded feeling though it happens i think in all professional sports yeah 100 percent. Yeah, yeah i think 100%. so yeah. go ahead yeah. ty eddie you mentioned them earlier the uh the golden knights at this point in the season when a team like that is slowly dying like do you look at uh, them and how unlikely or likely is it that they'll just kind of like find it in the most important time of the season here going into the playoffs or can you already look at a team like that and be like oh these guys are dead they're you know that they're not going to win a stanley cup this year yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far because they have had, and look at all teams have had injuries. All teams have had, you know, had to battle, you know, COVID at some point. Yeah, but right. this team has been decimated. But the problem is, is that they're so up against the salary cap, is that they really don't have any maneuverability unless they get really creative and they want to blow up their, 
you know, second or third line by moving a guy like William Carlson or Riley Smith to, you know, maybe shake it up a little bit. You know, I mean, Robin Leonard is hurt now. Laurent Brossois, the backup, the former Winnipeg Jet goaltender. I mean, you know, he's, you know, I think he's very serviceable, but can he be a guy until Leonard comes back to be able to, you know, kind of settle everything down? But, I mean, the injuries have really been an issue for Vegas. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But everybody's got to deal with them, and and you know they got to turn this thing around. And they everybody stick. just They're assumed mm-hmm. they that they, they were going to get it right, like they were going to get healthy, and they were going to like look at they miss Mark Stone. There, there's no yeah. doubt. I mean, Mark yeah, Stone we do. Is, he's a stud. <laughs> I mean, he is absolute stud. But you know, look at they're they're reeling right now, and they got their you know they, they lost to Buffalo, which was obviously a comeback game for Jack Eichel in the <clears> Buffalo, and now you got to go into the Berg tonight. For the Penguins come off a loss to Florida. The uh, you guys so, are dead. Hey, it's it's uh, it's concerning, but I think it, if and we know what ifs are. If they can get healthy and get into the playoffs, they become a dangerous team just because they have Stoner. I think they have the defense, and I think that they have the forwards to be able to win come playoff time. But uh, it's uh, probably a little scary right now in Vegas because they're not playing very well right now. Edzo, we got one minute left, and I want to yeah. talk about the Heritage Classic coming up yeah. uh, on Sunday, the last outdoor game of the season. Anytime there is a stadium game that takes place in the NHL, it is must-watch. I believe the Sabres are going up to yeah. – Hamilton, yeah, Hamilton, and, and play the Maple Leafs on Sunday. So it's kind of a meet halfway in between Toronto and, and Buffalo, and uh, we're looking forward to the game on TNT. Should be a lot of fun. And look at, I think any time, look at, we had what do we have? We had seventy. I think we had like sixty-eight thousand people in Nashville for that game the other day. And uh, any time that you can get forty, fifty thousand people in a venue to see a hockey game, it's a good thing for everybody. And oh, by the way, for people that might be interested in. Uh, Myself, Kenny Elbert, and Keith Jones will be on the call, and we're going to get a primary assist in that game in Hamilton between the Leafs and Sabres by number 99 himself. is going to be a part of the big broadcast Ooh. in Hamilton. Wayne Gretzky is going to be a part of the broadcast. Wow. Wow. Can't wait to watch. Every time you come on, I appreciate the hell out of you. You remind people to look out for yourself, and you talk hockey so damn well. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Oche. Yay! Obviously, this has been a fantastic hockey conversation for the last like 40 minutes or so Hell with yeah. Eddie Olchek at Ty Schmitz here. The Vegas Golden Knights are dead. Oh, at Boston no. Connors here, the Boston Bruins fucking sting. At Tone Diggs, you don't know a single player on the Kraken's team. <laughs> yeah. And then at Evan Fox, I'm sick of seeing all you fucking Red Wings fans <laughs> losers Whoa. tweet me Whoa. about the glory days no. of the Red Wings. That's the best fan base in hockey. You better watch it, all right? Wrong state. Stadio said it. We're back next year. Stanley Cup. No, he's saying that probably because you know Stevie I and Stevie Iserman, by the way. Um, he built that Tampa Bay Lightning team that is an absolute wagon. Yeah. He cheated to do so. There ain't enough money in Detroit to do it. No, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. What he's not doing it for Detroit. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's happening this offseason. What about last offseason? He what? had to get his rookies in. They had what? all these drafts. What? 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 Guy stinks. Team stinks. Right. Guys are dead. Kick them out of the league. We had a tournament in Canada in a bubble. Said, let's invite real teams only. Red Wings didn't even get invited. <laughs> no, they didn't. That, is that something was not that for a Stanley Cup. That was for a COVID Cup. Doesn't count. Well, it did. You guys weren't even up for it, whatever the case is. Yeah, we don't yeah. want COVID no. Cups. 
You guys don't want to win either. It sounds like you're still cheering and yeah, blindly following along with a terrible program and a terrible franchise, just like you guys do with that. Deuce, deuce. Yeah, the deuce, deuce team. Right. Don't be tweeting me, you fucking bums. All right, I'm about done with that. The Penguins, okay, are my team. Yeah. The only team I was an actual fan of growing up, and I think it's probably because we were able to get tickets into that igloo as a kid. We weren't able to get over to Three Rivers or to Heinz Field as a kid growing up unless I was winning punt, pass, and kick games. But I wasn't seeing the Penguins dominate and win and win what? and win what? and win what? and win. What? And I had starter jackets that were gifted to me that I've never oh, looked fucking yeah. cooler. I'd go out yeah. to the bus stop and my starter jacket that was gifted to me from somebody, I'd make snowballs and some loser would walk Walk in with a Red Wings one and I laugh. Better in the face. Dead. Your team hasn't been good since they haven't been able to wear helmets in the fucking sport. See, that is not true. At Viva Lazitos here. Nick Moraldo, big time Pens fan, is here as well. And Gumpy in the back, big Texas hockey guy. Yeah. Tom Diggs, you didn't good deserve that. You did try to chameleon yourself to a yeah. Seattle Kraken fan. Then you realized the team stunk and then he came right back to the Penguins. That's. Not what happened. Wow. Well, kind of. And that really shows the Pittsburgh Penguin fans. No, no, no. Oh, absolutely oh, no loyalty in that city. He's <laughs> oh, I had a beef with one of the people that Who's all that? they do is root for the Pens, so I didn't. Who's that? I didn't want to be on that same side. But Talk it's funny what? how uh, Foxy says he <laughs> didn't want the, the COVID Cup, uh, but he'll, he has no problem pretending that LeBron winning that fucking fake championship in the bubble <laughs> was a thing. So. Oh, yeah, because he's a LeBron guy. Yeah. yeah. I also, LeBron guy, congrats on that championship. <laughs> yeah, nice job, bro. Championship. But I'm not picking and choosing which ones matter and which Scope ones don't. Let's go Pence. Let's go Pence. Joining us now is a man who's a Colorado Avalanche fan. This team fucking stinks. stinks. Mm-hmm. They don't even need to get on the ice. Imagine if they had to lace them up against the Pens every single Night they got shut out last night. <laughs> Big, oh, 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 oh. forever, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Yeah, AJ. Oh. AJ, I wanted you to be here for this. Not only is this dude a Super Bowl champion, what? A college football national champion, what? A Ryder Cup champion, what? A COVID survivor, what? This dude won the punt, pass, and kick at the PBS Stadium in Cincinnati when he was just a young little jawline, <laughs> home plate face, ass kicking machine. Wow! Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. a baby, AJ. Way to go, Bob. I've told you this. We've talked about this many times on the show. No. First time I've seen a photo. Didn't know you were with Jim Kelly hanging around there. Is that your brother to your uh, left there? Yep, that's my, my middle brother was out there with me. That was, uh, yeah, Jim Kelly. All, I remember he was the coolest dude. He seemed like he was gigantic. And I remember that 12 chain that he was wearing oh. still. Like I, That's one of the things that stuck out in my head. Yeah, super clean look from Jim Kelly. But let's talk about the guy rocking 69. Oh, yeah. Timmy so- Crumry. Oh, Timmy. How cool were you right here? You won this, and then you went back to Centerville High School or Centerville Elementary, whatever you were, some Centerville Elementary, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, I saw you on the Jumbotron. Is that what happened over there at Centerville, huh? I don't, I don't remember a whole lot of fanfare when I went back to school after this. Hmm. Bullshit. Did you make it to the national championship? That is the Nationals. Ooh. Whoa. That was San Diego. I told you, I'm, you, you know, punt, pass, and kick. On my kick, I was a toe basher. Caught the one on the outside of my foot, and that thing went offline, so I didn't win out there. Yeah, anytime you miss the line, you're going to lose in the punt, pass, and kick. They just send a uh, a tape measure straight out, and if you land on it, it's the exact uh, uh, distance. However far off, they measure that, and then they subtract it from the tape measure. So if you shank any of those off, you're dead. The guy that I won against in the national championship, he ended up punting in Alabama named PJ. He was pretty good. I think it was his kick 
way left. And it's like, well, that guy's got negative for this one. Yeah. That's, that's going to be tough. Every kid basically did it. I just so happened to pink, 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 all three of them. Should not have happened. Got very lucky. Won the championship. Uh, threw the shocker on national television. <laughs> said hello to my mother and then got booed out of Tennessee Stadium. It was awesome. What a day. Had a great time. Down what an experience. There. What an experience. Yeah, it was great. You look so cool, dude, with that hat and that jawline yeah. still yeah. out there. Yeah, Holy I guess. Shit. Look at that nice little bend in that hat. I'm sure I was yeah. really OCD about getting the bend on the bill nice. I used to put baseballs and rubber bands around them and stuff. Oh, did you? Did you take uh, the blow dryer to get the top down or because mm. it sat too high or did you like the highness on it? We would cut it out. You know how up high would have like sometimes like some kind of liner? We would always cut it out so it would itch your head for two or two years after you wore it. it oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Classic. And then the trucker hat fad just came through and yeah. took over every hat there for a bit did jim I, kelly give you a congratulatory chaw on winning <laughs> easy look at his hand look how big his hands are his hand goes from one of my shoulders to the other one i feel like i've heard i've heard jim kelly uh used to have a good time from what i heard yeah very much so. just a legend of a man shout out to him tough tough bastard let's dive into some of the nfl news that broke while we were not live aj hawk punt pass and kick National championship contender, A.J. Hawk. Uh, Khalil Mack out of Chicago. They got a dead cap of like $24 million or something like that. But the Chargers now have Bosa, Mack, Derwin James, and they're allegedly in on the J.C. Jackson conversation and others on the offensive side. Obviously, they're stacked. Look at the Chargers kind of going all in here. What does Khalil Mack do to them, even at this age, do you think, A.J.? Khalil Mack can absolutely still play and can still be a game record. I just feel like he, he was lost in Chicago. For a little bit because they're not winning games when when you're on a team that's not winning no matter how well you play i know he's been banged up too at times it's like people don't notice you so i think it's huge but chicago would they get second or third second and sixth bag of balls isn't that a bit surprising uh yeah yeah also if that's all it was the fuck was every other team doing? <laughs> exactly. Did every other team just assume it was more and not check on it, or what? Yeah, that's the thing. Like the Colts could use another pass rusher, I believe, and we're looking to enhance our team to kind of take it us take us over the next step to hopefully not lose in Clonton mm. and not make the playoffs. But yeah, we we didn't have a second and a sixth we could give up next year for Khalil Mack to join the squad and the boys. Not that necessarily we need it. I'm not saying that, but if we're if everybody could just make your team better immediately by adding this monster off the edge, and if you already have another pass rusher there, even better this entire thing. Look what Von Miller and Aaron Donald were able to do alongside old buddy uh, Floyd. Floyd or yeah. whatever. I mean, it's just... This makes no sense to me. I don't know how some of these deals work. I remember when Randy was traded for like a fourth rounder, and I was like, yeah. Randy fucking Moss is a fourth yeah. rounder? And I was like told, don't talk about business in the NFL. Around I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Who, who told you that? Somebody in the Colts. Really? Yeah, I put a tweet out about it. I think Favre was only a – was he only a third rounder, Ty? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I was shocked by that. Even though Brett was like 38, I was still shocked. So how about this? Russell Wilson goes for two ones, two twos, a fifth, and three players. Like He's if 33? The, yeah, is that right? Yeah, well, I think 32, 33. Mm-hmm. Same age as JC. Great baseball player. Great baseball mm-hmm. player. Great baseball player. But still might Desha- go play. If Deshaun Watson – Especially for the Rockies now. Yeah. Oh, I need him. Why, why was he not at bombs. that game last night? It was uh, Warriors Nuggets. You would assume that since he was in Denver, he would have went to that game. Oh, was he there? Yeah. I didn't see him. I just I didn't see him. Didn't there see are, there, there are rumblings that that pitcher wasn't actually in Denver. It was just the background. Oh, the signing yeah. of the deal? Yeah. Oh, did it like in LA or Seattle yeah, or wherever I mean, it was? Not the, the plane picture? 
No, just that picture in general with the Broncos thing in the background. There was people oh, okay. saying it wasn't in Denver. So the Eagle had landed in another city. They acted like it was Denver. Uh-huh. And then they put a fake wall behind him, acted like it was Denver, signed the contract, and he wasn't in Denver. Because the Warriors Nuggets was on national television, you would assume that would have been something like, hey, welcome to the city. Right. I didn't see that. I might have missed it, uh, but I saw Jokic court cool. to court, or uh, baseline to baseline, sorry, shake some people layup where he just threw the ball it didn't even look like it was and it was just like the most controlled thing ever and his big ass just kind of stumbled back the other way i was like yeah. god damn that he's dude's a an avatar. he's, a, yeah. he's yeah. unbelievable yeah he, he appears to be great they got russell wilson over there anyways does that set the standard for deshaun watson if his case which we don't think is possible but if that thing gets thrown out today is that two ones two twos a fifth and uh three players do you think that's what houston will be looking for for deshaun watson and how do you if think i want more don't you think they would want more? I mean, Deshaun's, what, 28, 27? Never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and everything else, does it does it knock his price down at all, just even if we do come, he comes through the other side on all of this? He's going to get suspended, everybody thinks. like At some point, he's going to get suspended. Even he's if getting it, deposed today, too, right? And, and the alleged They're saying he's going to plead the fifth. I believe they... Yeah, he's going to plead the fifth and not say anything, right? Yes, yeah. that is what I believe it was said earlier. Now, what happens if those questions, though, are so... Because the last time somebody had a deposition in this case and they were pleading the fifth, the questions were wild. Yeah. That, like, the questions were painting the entire narrative. And I guess that's what good lawyering that's is. What, that's what a good lawyer do. If they know they're going to plead the fifth, they have to get the whole story out through your questions, I guess. So why did they publicly say that he was going to plead the fifth then? You're almost I, – I guess everybody assumed he was going to do that. They said that he's doing it because he has to because the uh, criminal is not done yet. So he's not going to say something in isn't the today, civil – Isn't today criminal? Yeah, but the, so he said it, they're not going to say something in a civil deposition that can be used today in the criminal or whatever. Oh, so those two are both happening today. Yes. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this is a massive day for Deshaun. Yeah. Huge. He slept zero hours last night. None. I would assume. Yeah. Tossing and turn. Give me Ambien. Two of them. Three of them. Because he has been very prominent that he did nothing wrong, right? I mean, isn't that something that he's oh, yeah. been very... That's I mean, why been, this... It seems like he's been fighting this from day one, right? Yeah. Now, granted, that's a lot. That's a mm-hmm. lot of allegations. Very, very, That's why very today serious. will be interesting. Yeah. Like, what happens after today? Well, the NFL, some people in the NFL are like, well, after Friday, we'll be able to trade for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It's like, I don't think so, right? Like, I, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know enough about laws. I watch documentaries and stuff like that, I guess. But aside from that, this is going to carry on for Wait, a long time. Wait, so hold on time. real quick. Deshaun's being deposed for the civil part of it, and then the girls are being deposed, or they're going in front of a grand jury to see if they're going to bring it to make a case out of it? Yeah, I, I did not know that this was two different happenings, but I did read that there's like eight other defendants are probably speaking to the grand jury then. if um, I must have misread it, but these numbers are... Go ahead, Tony. And Diggs, so, what did you say? So, yeah, they're both happening today, and Watson's legal camp has tried to hold off on all the depositions in the civil cases until after the grand jury's decision today so that they can't use anything used that he says in the civil depositions in their criminal case. Uh, so that's why he will be using or pleading the fifth in everything today. As should far as should you be saying all that publicly? I don't know. I mean, no, there's lawyers probably better. What did Diggs say about a grand jury, though? He said something. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just indict, want to Diggs do it. They'll indict a ham sandwich. Well, it wasn't Tone, my line. Yeah, Tone tried lawyer. to deliver it again earlier today. My lawyer friends. Yeah, it's his lawyer friends on Twitter. It's been, it's been used in like 50 movies, too. I really? I didn't know that. Did you know that? Jerry Maguire. I don't know what movies, but yeah, I've heard it. Of course. We just hope justice is served whatever way. Yeah. But if it is thrown out, Deshaun's on the move this afternoon, I think. 
if this whole thing and teams will just be Carolina's just going to give him the whole team for what it sounds like. Hey, mm-hmm. just get him back here, please. Pittsburgh's allegedly like, hey, if this gets thrown out, we will be in. I would assume the Colts, they won't trade within the division. They'd be in as well. You Tampa. Would, you would have to think everybody would almost be in on it. Well, and they've made it sound like Carolina. So even if all this stuff does get thrown out, and like you said, there's still a possible suspension looming. Like, do you think all these teams are like, okay, as long as he's not going to go to jail, like we'll eat an eight to 12 game suspension next year? Or what how was does Rap- that work? What was Rapport telling us? Rapport was telling us, like, yeah, teams were ready to make a trade even if he was staring down 20 years in jail or something. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what? There has to be something I'm missing here. We hope justice is served. Today's a big day for him. Uh, good luck to all parties. Hope the truth is found. Yeah. yeah. I hope is right. Whatever it is, hope the truth is found. Joining us now is a man that you heard speak during the draft combine, uh, NFL draft combine just a week ago in Indianapolis. A very, very, very knowledgeable man when it comes to all things happening from the college transition into the NFL and in the NFL as a whole. Obviously, he's a Super Bowl champion for the Packers, played for numerous teams, returner, DB, freak athlete, co-host of a podcast with Move the Sticks, Daniel Jeremiah, ladies and gentlemen, Bucky Brooks. (laughs) How about that, my guys? How about that, Pat McAfee, AJ? What's going on? How you going? Hey, Bucky, you deserve that and more, pal. It's great to have you on here. Thank you for joining us on this Feel Good Friday. You might have saw us there trying to break down the legalities. <laughs> uh-huh. There's grand juries, there's indictments. That is not our MO. But neither is, you know, these guys that are going into the draft. We don't study it nearly as much as we probably should since we have to talk about it, and it's a massive piece of the NFL conversation for months and months of the offseason. Last week at the Combine, it feels like the big stories were – uh, the Georgia dogs are mm-hmm. fast. Kenny Pickett's hands are small. Malik Willis is the guy. Is there anything I missed? And what should we be keeping our eyes on? And what surprised you, you think, as the narratives get painted here? No, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head on all those things. The Georgia Bulldogs, um, the guys that were there, it's amazing. Like, I now understand why they won a national title. When you look <laughs> at their defenders running around the turf, it is unbelievable what Kirby Smart has assembled. To think that you have... Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt. You have a a guy who's a rotational player and Trayvon Walker just running around like Superman. It is unbelievable what they were able to do. And I think they certainly stole the show. But I think the bigger thing coming out of the combine, bigger, faster, stronger. The athletes that are playing the game today are unlike those that we've seen yesterday. You're not supposed to see 300-pound men move around like that while looking like they look. Um... Look, man, I think football is in a great place because guys are training earlier, and you can see it when you have those guys work out in front of us. Bucky, where does it go? Like, is it going to plateau at some point, or are we going to eventually have these three techniques running four, two, five? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's like, it's, I mean, like, Jordan Davis is a nose tackle that weighs 341 pounds, and people will talk about the 40, 478, 482. But I'm more impressed by the fact that he broad jumped 10 feet, 3 inches, smooth. 35-inch vertical. Smooth like, broad jump, too, Buck. Buck. Right. Smooth. He right. landed that thing and just stood up. His knees weren't sore. The ankles didn't hurt. <laughs> He's 341, and he stuck the landing and just stood up. And it was like it was not. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. And if you compare his numbers to the wide house that worked out, his numbers are up there in terms of the jumps and all of that other stuff. Like, you're not supposed to see that. So – if I'm a quarterback, 
I can't imagine having those guys chasing around me. It's, it's like watching Jurassic Park. Dinosaurs just <laughs> flying all over the place. Like, it's not supposed to happen. And he's one of a, a dozen guys that were moving around like that. So it's just a different time. And when you talk to these defensive coaches, you should have seen the little uh, cluster of defensive line coaches just huddling around all these guys. They can't wait to get them in the corner of the end zone where they all work out and send them around the bags and the bell dummies and all that other stuff. They are excited about what is to come in the league. And I didn't even talk about the offensive tackles and the way those guys move. I mean, it's just freak athletes everywhere. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this draft plays out. Evan Neal, I believe, out of Alabama is like 337 and looks like he's, I don't know, 250. And yeah. he's able to box jump up onto something and land in a split. <laughs> it's like, what is this, dude? And then Icky, big Icky out of NC State. We met him at Radio Row. Oh, he just looks massive. like a yoked linebacker. Jeez, yeah. He's like three-something. I mean, there he is. Freak athletes all over the place. What do we lose out of this, Bucky, you think? What do we lose? Because with all these high-speed guys, and obviously AJ, you, and me played in the era where guys ate pizza and, you know, drank beer, and, like, we had calluses on top of our muscles. Like, you know, like everything was – we weren't fine-tuned Lamborghinis. I say we just strictly because I was in that era, not because I view myself as that. But with 17 games, with how fast and explosive – I feel like it's going to be impossible to keep guys healthy. I mean, don't, am I wrong? With how fast everybody's going, the amount of collisions, they're going to have, the game, the rules that are going to have to change, I think, to keep up with the athlete is going to be fascinating to watch. I think that's a ripple effect of this whole thing. It will be a ripple effect. I think the best teams will have a way of using the science to figure out how to navigate the practice plan, meaning – um, old school. When I played in Kansas City under Marty Schottenheimer, man, we banged every day, and every day was like a marathon on the field. However, when I played with the Packers and the Buffalo Bills, we barely put on the pads, we barely made contact, and we were able to thrive and survive in those things. I think the coaches that are forward-thinking and are able to use the technology and the advancements in terms of understanding GPS and load management and all those things, they will have their guys ready to play. But I do believe we're going to get to a point where the get, the season is so long. I do wonder if we will have some mandatory off days for guys where you can see guys take a week off so they can be fresher down the line. I know it sounds crazy, but because of the length of the season, I just don't know how you can play guys and practice guys hard for the entire duration and expect them to be fresh in the postseason when it really, really matters. Especially guys that are that explosive, that lean. I mean, it's just natural. The body is going to have some tears. And I did not expect to have this conversation. I'm very pumped that you had an answer for that question, though. (laughs) Bucky Brooks, we're talking to out of the NFL Network. Here comes uh, Tom Diggs, a man who is a diehard Steelers fan. Let's assume this is a quarterback question. God damn it, I hate to be that predictable. Uh, Bucky, were the quarterbacks (laughs) at the Combine? Like, did they... When they say this isn't a good quarterback class and, and things that you saw at the combine or on tape or whatever, are they not as good as, as people are making them out to be? You know, I don't know. Like, my, my original thought was when I was at the combine, I was like, man, this is a good group. They threw the ball well. They ran fast. Desmond Ritter stood out. Malik Willis can throw it a ton. Even Kenny Pickett with his small hands threw the ball well. But then we leave the combine. I get on one Monday, and all we've seen all week are quarterbacks either being signed, being traded, moving around. And so my feeling is that something must have spooked the evaluators around the league where they felt like we need to go and get a veteran quarterback. We need to go and get these guys right now because I don't know if we're ready to play with a young quarterback based on what we saw at the combine. 
You mentioned Desmond Ritter. Is he one of those guys that maybe not a whole lot of people are talking about, but he could get in the league and, and surprise some people? I think so. I think Desmond Ritter, his play might remind me a little bit of what Dak Prescott's play was. I don't think he'll be drafted in the fourth round. I think he'll certainly go before that. But when you look at Desmond Ritter, he has 44 career wins. He is super athletic. He ran 4-5-2. Some clocked him into 4-4s. Four this is a guy that is super athletic. He has great intangibles. And then when you watch him throw it, he's a very solid passer. I think with his maturity, if he's drafted later by a team that is good, I think you can drop him in and he could have success right away. That game experience really matters because with experience can come expertise. I think he and Kenny Pickett played a ton of games. I think that helps them kind of jump into the league maybe have more success than people give them credit for based on how everyone is viewing this class. Bucky, how do they find out if a guy's a dog or not? You know, like Desmond Ritter played a bunch of games, won a lot of games, but who knows what's going to happen with him in the NFL. Same with Kenny, same with Malik. I think we all know the good quarterbacks in the NFL, those who kind of separate themselves and go on. Like saying he's like Dak Prescott, maybe physically, maybe his background, but Dak's a dog. You know, like he, I'm not just saying that because of his college, but how do you think you find that out? And can you see that when you're watching guys work out or compete at the combine or you think that's a much longer process uh i think what you have to do is i think you have to be very extensive in the way that you research it i think it has to be a series of conversations that you have with people that are in the football department but the people that are also around town uh, i think it's just really important that you try and get a full profile on the player that you're bringing into the building and Look, if you talk to enough people, the people will tell you the truth on a player. You can tell if somebody is extremely competitive. You can tell if someone really connects. I think what you're going to have, particularly coming off Joe Burrow leading the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl, everyone is looking for someone who has that it factor like a Joe Burrow, someone who can connect with all corners of the locker room, and when they play, they don't blink. I think the best quality that Joe Burrow has is that he connects with everybody. And when he got the stuffing knocked absolutely out of him by the Tennessee Titans, I never saw him wince. I never saw him kind of bow his head. I never saw him blame his teammates. That's the kind of dog mentality that you want your best players to have. And if they have that, they're going to have that all the way. And so you just try and do as much research as you can about them. But guys that love football and are competitive, Everyone around you lets them know that those guys are built like that. Man, you cannot get – that's a great answer. You cannot get caught paying a guy that does not uh-huh. in some of those positions. You know, like there's guys that play in the NFL that do not love the game. They are there strictly for business reasons. And by the way, whatever your motive is, go and get it. You know, even if you only love money, the better you play, the more money you're going to get. So who cares? But at those key positions, the ones where they have to be, you know, more studied than the opponent, they have to be in the – like that. those positions you need to find – a guy that absolutely loves the misery of preparing for every single game. I'm excited to find out who is and who isn't. Because all these guys, not all these guys, a large percentage of these dudes we see at the Combine end up being nothing, Buck. Like, literally nothing. It's like, oh, this is the last time we saw this fucking guy. He was jumping incredibly. And then the NFL, he's a CFL or something like that. It's all mentality, I think, Bucky. I might be wrong. Go ahead, Ty. Bucky, you mentioned the GMs getting spooked with some of the guys at the draft. But do you still think it'll be a situation on draft night where some of these teams who are left at, like, are we still going to see four quarterbacks go in the top 20, do you think? Or is because... You know, the the draft is so deep at receiver and, and tackle and O-line and D-end. Do you think that's not going to happen? I think, I think three is the magic number. Uh, 
I'm not convinced which three, but I think three will go in the first round. Part of the reason three will go is because the fifth-year option, uh, the reason you get the extra year uh, when you take a first-round pick, much like we saw with Lamar Jackson at the very end of the draft, I think that could play into it. But, yeah, nah, it's, it's, it's a situation where when you look around the league, particularly in the AFC, if you do not have a high-level quarterback, you have no chance. And I think that is what's becoming increasingly clear. You better have a superstar at the quarterback position. The days of thinking that maybe you can get away with a game manager, I think those are gone by the wayside oh, because it's so, Bucky, it's so hard. Give us a it's game so manager hard. in Indianapolis, Bucky. <laughs> give so us a game manager now. It's so hard. It's so hard to do. It can do it, but the rest of your – it just cuts your margin for error down significantly. But as you speak about, like, Indianapolis and the situation like that, your dude not only has to be a superstar, but he has to connect. I think that's the thing. He has to connect with his teammates. I love quarterbacks, and I understand quarterbacks are given diva privileges, but they still have to be able to kind of be the common man in the locker room. It is just really hard if you don't have that guy that everyone is like, Is that what you're hearing? Is that what you're hearing about Carson, by the way? It feels like that's a narrative that's kind of getting painted out there. And I'm I'm reading it. In Hard Knocks, it was interesting. I never really saw him with anybody else in Hard Knocks. So I was trying to kind of learn about him. But it's also COVID year and everything like that. Mm. Is that what you're hearing? His leadership style is just vastly different than what they expected it to be? Yeah, I think so. That's the only way, man. Look, you have two teams that advocated for you. The Philadelphia Eagles had every reason to make sure that you were successful. They paid him a bunch of money, and they moved on for Jalen Hurts. And one of the reasons is because Jalen Hurts' connectivity with that young faction in the locker room really mattered. Well, then you go to Indianapolis and you drop them in, and, man, there were, like, conversations about this, like, in the middle of the year that they were going to move on, and you couldn't understand. You're like, ah, oh, they're just talking. And so there has to be something to it. And I don't know what because I'm not in that locker room, but there's some kind of disconnect between Carson and either the teammates and the coaches. And it's one of those things that he has to resolve because I don't want to say this is last chance you going to the Washington Commanders, but now he's, he's kind of naked because he doesn't have an advocate in the building. And so he has to figure out how to be a better player and leader to be that franchise quarterback that many want him to be. He's always on that bobcat. Uh-huh. Uh, All the time. Or in the tree good. stand. He's out there in the tree stand mm-hmm. the whole time. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That was fascinating, though, because I didn't know that was going to be the narrative, honestly. I just assumed everybody loved him because, remember, Frank said his energy, whenever he's on the field, everybody feels it. So I was like, naturally, like, oh, this guy must be, you know, a great leader. And then, it, like, the narrative's coming out like, you know, would – would a great leader let their team lose those last two games with a win and go in and then even down to clown town with a collapse? I'm like, well, that's a valid question. Yeah. That's a very valid question. Uh, I guess we'll see how it goes at last chance you over there at the uh, <laughs> poop pipe bursting commanders. <laughs> go ahead, Connor, last question here. Yeah, Bucky, you mentioned the uh, quarterback trades this week and now Khalil Mack to the Chargers. When you were at the Combine, did you see any of these teams talking to each other and kind of initiating those trades? Because I think the report came out that Denver has been talking to Seattle and they actually started that conversation during combine week. Senior Bowl. Well, Senior that's Bowl. part of what, yeah, well, part of the combine is, is that part of it. Like, it's changed with the schedule. It's not only the combine to see all the players and work out, but it's it's kind of like social hour for everybody. It's the one time that everybody is in one city and typically at one spot, um, a late night spot where everyone can have a few beverages and talk. But that's where some of the things begin to take place. And so certainly those conversations were happening throughout the weekend. 
And obviously, with the flurry of activity that took place this week, a lot of those things had to be kind of put in place through those conversations that took place over the weekend. I'm just so fascinated by this offseason. We've had a trade every day here uh, Mm -hmm. this week. Who knows what's going to happen today, especially with Deshaun's situation. There's been so many names thrown into the hat that they might be on the move. Players getting cut. Legal tampering starts Monday. It's a beautiful time, Bucky, and we can't thank you enough for joining us, brother. Thanks for having me, my man. Seems like it's perfect time. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Bucky Brooks. AJ, he was a Packer uh, before you, huh? Yeah, before me. But, yeah, people love that guy. I mean, he's great. He's very. He seemed very knowledgeable in almost everything. Happy, too. Yeah, yeah. super nice. happy, super upbeat. I asked him, like, what do you think some ripple effects of these guys being in such good shape? He's like, thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had an entire, you know what I mean? He had, like, an actual answer. He'd been sitting on that for a little bit. I'm like, all right, very fucking impressive. I, I thought it was a really good point, too, that I don't know if we've heard about or I'm sure people thought of before that uh, after the combine was over, everyone was like, oh, we need to go get a fucking veteran. Bingo. Yeah, right now. Yeah, and that's a great point by Bucky. Like, I think it's pretty telling on how the quarterbacks were at the combine that immediately after the combine, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> on the move. That's fascinating. Because did they, were they? That's left? after Bucky said he felt like they threw the ball pretty well. Yeah, though. true. Yeah, but maybe it was all about expectations going in. Like if it was supposed to be some crazy explosive class with five first rounders, your expectations are different. There's some real tall guy throwing some pretty good balls and then some really terrible balls and then some really Mm -hmm. good balls. He was throwing for like basically every single drill. How do the quarterbacks decide which one's thrown for which drill? Because the DBs need them, linebackers need it, wide receivers, running backs. Basically everybody needs a quarterback in their drills. Who decides? Don't they bring in like combine arms too to do like the uh, The the gauntlet? I think they do, yeah. yeah. No, like people, when we're doing linebacker drills, I don't. I'm not sure who the quarterbacks were throwing the ball to us. So I watched come a lot of the combine. Uh-huh. Definitely two of the players that were in the quarterback combine were throwing to the DBs, throwing to the wideouts, the tight ends, mm-hmm. the running backs, yeah. the linebackers. The gauntlet drill had a lot of pullovers. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like pullovers. You know, there was like, oh, this is a scout that used to play quarterback. I used to watch those for the Colts. You know, because I used to, I could throw a ball pretty well. I think we've all seen it. It's been on display. I dropped dimes, okay? <laughs> Very beautiful ball as well. I'm pretty good. Pretty good at throwing a ball. Have been my entire life, by the way. Was one of the only kids, I think the only kid on my street that could throw it from the telephone pole to the other telephone pole. So I was all-time quarterback, very, very young. I mean, I've always been able to sling it. We get some new scout in who was a quarterback at Bumfuck University before they came in, and they're throwing for this DB that's going through a workout, and they're missing him by 40 yards. And I'm like, you want me just to throw it? They're like, yeah, this guy's got to learn because he's going to have to throw at a lot of pro days and a lot of things. I'm like, that guy, I don't think he learned in bum fuck you. I don't think he's going to learn. That was a bad ball. That guy's ruining careers right now, that guy right there. That's a big deal. Like those, um, like the tight ends, they were running like a route. If that fucking quarterback throws high heat and it like hits your hands, it's like, oh, I can't catch it. Yeah. It's uh-huh. Biggest moment of his life. Like, there's a lot of pressure on that entire thing. Yeah, or though, they can throw you a high ball, throw you a bad ball, and you oh. make a great catch, and it helps you out a little bit. Some guy, I forget who it was, somebody won up, twist, grab, both feet down, fall in like the coned off. And it was a highlight going into the commercial, coming out of the commercial. Let's talk about this guy a little bit. I forget his name already, so I guess it wasn't that great, but I assume the coaches saw it all. But my immediate thought was, 
That was a fucking terrible throw. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Like on the, on the flip side, that was bad. All right, we got to get to a break. I am out of here, as is Evan Fox. AJ Hawk, Tone Diggs, and the boys will take you to the end of the hour. They will also announce a giveaway. Ooh. Ooh. That's right. We're giving away 50 pieces of merch to uh, people that are a part of the retweeting of the Chase a Dream Foxy flick that debuted on the internet this morning. Oh, yeah. Foxy. Hey, Foxy. Uh, and I believe the boys are going to figure out what else we're going to give away on the other side. I got to get the Birmingham Alabama. Woo! For SmackDown tonight. What's going on, AJ? What do you think I'm good doing? Luck, good luck with continuing your program with uh, Vince and Austin Theory. Is he gonna, is Theory going to be there? Son of a bitch better be. Yeah, that's I right. thought he's another. I thought he's a raw guy. He's scared. Yeah, I don't, he showed up last week out of yeah. nowhere, didn't he? Oh, yeah. he shows up on your turf on your show. And smacked me in the mouth. Oh, Fucking no. prick. Remember, I'm the good guy in this whole thing. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. Does Vince smack you tonight, you think? Shut up. I ain't getting smacked by anybody tonight. You hear me? Yeah, right. You would. I think most people would let Vince smack their headset off. Vince McMahon, nobody smacked me in the mouth tonight. No. All right? Okay. All right. Never you heard again. it here first. What if I get smacked in the mouth again tonight? You better no, not. Happen. No, there's a right coming yeah, back. Exactly. This, hey, the pinky ring got shined up last night just in case it needed to meet a cranium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know I mean? this. And if it doesn't go back, Michael Cole is going to be bleeding from his nose for the whole entire show. Yeah, you're right. Michael Cole, you just know all this stuff, huh? People coming out here smacking me in the face. You're just standing alongside. Calm down, Pat. Be professional. Hey, Michael. Why don't you fucking calm down, pal? Uh-huh. Yeah. What's your deal? Then right. he rips his suit off and he has his singlet on. He wants to take you on. Like- <laughs> what if he puts, and he puts the ear things on and he smacks you? <laughs> I'm excited. Smackdown tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern on Fox. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? We're on the road to WrestleMania. Surprises galore, I would assume. They don't let me know what's going on. I just kind of show up and do my thing. It's fantastic. Uh, I'll see you guys on Monday. That's legal tampering period oh. for free agents of the NFL. There we go. Big day. Also, did Sean Watson stuff happening today? Let's assume he's getting indicted. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people saying that he might not. Yeah. I guess that's just not how the history of law has gone. Right. Mm-hmm. But hey, maybe. Maybe. Could happen. I appreciate you guys so much. Have an incredible week. I'm getting to live a dream because of all of you. You're the fucking greatest humans of all time.